Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is time. Happy March Madness, Spartan Nation. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy's all around because I am happy, happy, happy. Hope you are too. Welcome into episode 27 of MLive Spartan Confidential Podcast. Brandon Chain, Kyle Austin, and Matt Wenzel with you here on ISO 17th, 2021. Also known as one day before the 2021 NCAA Basketball Tournament. It's been a while since we've all had the opportunity to experience the madness of March. Uh, Kyle is here for now. He's getting ready to depart for Indianapolis tomorrow. How does it feel being on the doorstep to heaven, Kyle? Well, I, I was going to head to West Lafayette instead of Indianapolis. I'm not sure I'm going to see ah, That is a good point. But, that is a good um, point. The Indianapolis um, area. How about that? You know? Yes, greater, greater Indiana. No, I, if you had told me um, that we'd be in this position in you know, September, October, um, I would have doubted you. Um, so um, I am trying to take a step back and say this, the fact that we got here even this far is very good. And we might lose a team or two um, in the next, um, um, in the next couple of weeks. I hope we don't, but uh, Michigan state fans, even if your team doesn't last a while, I, I hope you can at least appreciate that we got through a, a season of some sort and got to this point. Matt Wenzel's also here. Do you have your, your bracket filled out? Uh, I took me six tries yesterday to fill one out for the thing we did today online. Kyle had a, as a post up with all of our predictions and, for whatever reason, mine was glitching to every time I went to submit it and print it so I could download the image, it just got shot off into Never Never Land. So um, I think I maybe spent a few minutes going through it the first time looking at it. And then after that, it was just rapid fire down the line. So uh, it is filled out. The only thing that really changed after the fact, I think I may have, I don't think I switched out any Final Four teams. I think it was just where I had Michigan State and Michigan um, exiting was the only difference and it was around the same time each one it's not yeah. like I had either of them in the final four there's either two ways there's one of two ways to fill out a bracket you either just hammer it out rapidly just like on a gut instinct and just get it over with or you sit there and agonize over every single matchup trying to meticulously look for that little nugget that little stat that's going to give the team the edge uh, I tend to be a mixture of both I like to do the, 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 the first one rapid fire and then I'll go back and sort of look at it and re-examine Examine the matchups. Uh, we will have a lot of bracket talk on today's episode. I mean, it is March Madness. Uh, we got some upset specials, some intriguing matchups. We'll all give our final four picks. Uh, but first, 
as we tend to do here on the Spartan Confidential Podcast, we will discuss Michigan State and its upcoming first four matchup with UCLA, uh, tipping uh, well scheduled to tip just before ten on Thursday night in at Mackey Arena, Purdue's Mackey Arena, not Indianapolis proper, as Kyle just reminded <laughs> me. Um, but uh, before we get to the game and, and preview maybe what we might expect between the Bruins and Spartans, Selection Sunday happened. Michigan State did get into the field just barely. Um, we were sweating it out, Spartan Nation. Uh, the selection committee decided to wait until the final bracket to include the Spartans. We had Wichita State and Drake and Syracuse and all these other teams already in the tournament. It was getting real nervy there for a little bit. Kyle uh, was the voice of reason on Twitter, told us we have to wait till the last one to see Michigan State come up while the rest of us were panicking. But Kyle, were you, uh, what, what was your reaction to Selection Sunday and were you surprised that Michigan State was this close to the bubble? I was, yeah. I, I, I would have thought they'd be two or three spots higher. Like, like I think I, I'm surprised they put Syracuse ahead of them, and I'm surprised they put Utah State ahead of them. Um, so, yeah, I was not expecting a play-in game. And, you know, as that's going on, like, like you have to remember that, like, the last bracket they show wasn't the last team in. Like, that's all, um, you know, that, that's not a correlation. But I, I am thinking, like, man, like, Maryland's going to be above them. And I'm trying to think of, like, the teams that we, we still have to see that are kind of with them there. And there was, like, a brief moment that it's like, like wait, they're not going to get out are they? Um, but, th- but they end up in the, in the playing game. And yeah, it was, um, as though you can tell, it's still a little miffed about it. Uh, I mean, they, I think they, they looked at the net more than we thought they would, more than I thought they would. And the net is not the strong suit on Michigan State's resume or, or was not because they, they lost a lot of big games. And the, the, net, the net's kind of like Ken Palm, if you know Ken Palm, like it's, it's, um, it's offensive efficiency, defensive efficiency. So if you if you win close and lose big, the net doesn't like you. And that's what happened to Michigan State. And myself, and I think a lot of people thought that the number of quad one wins would kind of overrule that, but it, it didn't. I mean, they took Utah State and Syracuse, which had one and two quad one wins, respectively, and um, took them over them because of the net. So it normally you'd say it's a C line, you know, you don't care who cares, 10 or 11, but when it's the difference in playing a playing game and having a whole extra game to play and having to go three games in five days in a weekend, um, then I think it really matters um, way more so than if you're an eight or nine or nine or 10 or whatever. So um, yeah, I think Michigan state's got a little bit of a gripe. Um, it, um, and, you know, it's certainly, I think if they lose on um, to UCLA, um, uh, they'll have one, but yeah, I was, I was surprised. Yeah, I was too. I mean, I, that was obviously the the topic of conversation on Twitter amongst fans after the game. Why the heck are we in the playing game? Why are these teams ahead of us? I, I was there was a second there where I was thinking they weren't even going to be in the tournament. So I'm mm-hmm. like, guys, think about where we've been. Like, just be happy that they're in the tournament. Be happy that the 23 year streak has has continued because this team went 15 and and 12. I mean, they or 15 and was that at 15 or 13? 15 right? and 12, I think. Yeah. Or 15 and 12. If you don't want to be in the playing game, don't lose to Maryland in the first round of the Big right. Ten tournament. You know, I mean, it, there's not that many teams have gotten into the tournament with that record. So to me, I was just like thankful that we were in. It sucks, but whatever. It is what it is. It, one thing that I found interesting, you talked about the net ranking, and Tom had some interesting comments about that. But 
The committee didn't seem to offer any leniency to teams that missed time due to COVID. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't seem to really care that Michigan State lost three straight games on the road coming off a 20-day COVID pause. And, and there's other examples of teams like that as well. I mean, Louisville had two separate COVID pauses. They get left out. I mean, and they had some right. decent wins. So I found that interesting that the committee didn't really take that into account in a season that was filled with COVID. So I think Tom Izzo was operating – so like in a normal year – they do take extenuating circumstances into account. Like, like if your best player gets hurt for three games. Like James Booknight at UConn being out, for example. Right. Um, like, if, if you lose badly because you're missing a player for whatever reason, those games still count, but they count less, you know, and they can, they can kind of take that into, into account. Um, and I think Izzo's thought was it would be like that with COVID. So, like, if you have a game where obviously COVID – affected your outcome and made it worse that they would treat it like that. And it would still be on your record, but they would count it a little bit less. So for Michigan state's purposes, that was those three games right after the COVID break, you know, Rutgers, Ohio state and Iowa, which they lost the first two of those really big. Um, And I I think Izzo was under the impression of like, yeah, those look bad, but they're going to pretend like we had a player out for those. And I, I think it became clear, like you said, that wasn't the case. So, Israel was left on Sunday basically saying, well, if I knew that was the case, I would have begged off those games um, and refused to play. I don't know if refuse is the right word, but try really hard not to play Rutgers at least right after that because um, Rutgers played well that night, but I think Michigan State, it's very clear, played very poorly because uh, because they were coming off COVID. So I, I think he wanted a do-over. And, you know, he, he mentioned, he said, some other teams, I think, got a benefit from not playing games. Um, mm-hmm. I think anybody can fill in the blank with who he's talking about there. Um, certainly there was another team in the Big Ten that got a little bit longer break uh, after their COVID pause. Um, um, I don't know if that's who we talk about. Uh, Syracuse, uh, you know, had a couple of them, and they were right ahead of them, so we could have been talking about them. But certainly I think that um, – he feels like that he did what he was supposed to do and play as soon as Michigan State could right afterwards. And I, I know the feeling in that room or in that hotel room where they are now is that they didn't get the credit that they thought they did for putting themselves in a difficult circumstance. And I'm sorry, but let's, let's not pretend like TV money doesn't have so, something to do with this. I mean, the committee chair on CBS basically came out and said, quote, Michigan State and UCLA are two teams that we're thrilled to have in the field and that it will be, quote, a heck of a way to start the tournament off. To me, that screams, we want these blue bloods in the first four. We're going to put it at the primetime game at the end of the day. We want to make TV money. I mean, I'm not saying Michigan State and UCLA have resumes where they can't be put in the first four, but he basically came out and said, we want to have this matchup on opening night of the tournament. Yeah, I, and that, I, thought that, I thought that was really poor for him. By Mitch Barnhart, and, and I yeah. know it's a joke, but it's like you don't joke about that. You know, yeah, he said he was being you, facetious, but well, you're hmm. fueling conspiracy theories because everybody already thinks that. So mm-hmm. you know, you're gonna joke about what everyone already thinks you're doing, um, and and like yeah, like <laughs> uh, maybe they had Michigan State and Utah State switched, and they said, oh, we'd rather much rather see Utah State UCLA, or we'd much rather see Michigan State UCLA than Utah State UCLA. So let's just flip flop these two, like. A, are any of us concerning that out of the realm of possibility? No, not especially when you um, make comments like that. Right, when you're going to joke about it. So, yeah, it's like, all right, you're going to make a joke and just, you know, throw some logs on the fire. I thought that was a really dumb thing to do. Did you have any reaction to the, to the draw, Matt? Yeah, it was the same. The same. I mean, when you're going to put – I mean, you can make the case that Michigan State deserved to be in the first round over a team like Syracuse. Um, 
can obviously also say that losing to Maryland cost them or a couple other teams that squeezed in that wouldn't have been in um, had they not won their conference tournaments in Georgetown, the world obviously hurt them. But the, the MSU versus UCLA playing game is, uh, I think, putting those two teams together at 10 o'clock night on Thursday is pretty obvious. <laughs> well, let's talk, let's talk about the game. Uh, yeah, I did, I did see that uh, uh, Matt Norlander reported basically that it, Georgetown and Oregon State winning their tournaments basically pushed Michigan State into the first four because those are two teams we didn't expect to have in the tournament. Uh, and Oregon State's who uh, put who gave UCLA their last loss. Exactly. In overtime. Exactly. Yeah. They definitely moved everybody down. I think the issue – you know, still the, the order was what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so UCLA, uh, for those of you who haven't seen too much of them this year, 17 and nine finished fourth in the PAC 12 uh, lost to USC on a uh, buzzer beater in the PAC 12 tournament. Um, the resume isn't great. Uh, four game losing streak to end the season. Um, I would say their best wins are against Colorado and Arizona. Uh, Arizona's not in the tournament this year because of, uh, you know, self-imposed sanctions, but Colorado's a, a, a five seed. Uh, not, not a super impressive resume. I've seen UCLA play a couple times. Michigan State UCLA played last year in Maui with a lot of the same players on the roster, uh, at least for the Bruins. Obviously, Michigan State is missing Xavier Tillman and Cassius Winston from that team. Uh, but but uh, either of you guys have some thoughts on this matchup right off the bat? Matt, I know you, you did some work with on UCLA or tuned into the press conference or whatever. I mean, how are they approaching this game? Um, well, you know, I mean – you know, UCLA has got that blue blood tag, but I mean, there are 11 national championships. One is outside of the wooden era, I believe. So, um, you know, they haven't been in the tournament since 18 when they were playing a uh, game and they lost that to St. Bonaventures, but uh, Mick Cronin's are Mick Cronin, right? I got that right. Mick. Yeah. yeah. Mick Cronin, you know, he's a long time since he coach who's in his second season there. And, you know, they were a bubble team too. They said, you know, he Cronin joked that he, he, was confident going into Sunday that they were in because one of his assistants uh, coaches is like, uh, is like he called their resident bracketologist. And after three regions were down and their name wasn't called, he, he joked that his assistant's job security was, was getting weak, but uh, no, they sweated it out or happy to get the game. And one of their players, I think it was Cody Riley said, you know, he saw Michigan state UCLA and thought it was a heck of a matchup, but uh you know, they, they were, you know, they won, I think it was 12 or 13 at one point. They were in a top 25 team. Then they dropped uh, three or four and, you know, got back four straight. And then, so the four game losing streak, you know, they they have right now. I mean, the, two of those were, were road losses to single digit road losses to Colorado and Oregon, which are both tournament teams. They lost at the almost pretty much at the buzzer on a three to USC and they lost in overtime to Oregon State in the Pac-12 tournament after being up by double digits. So, yeah, not not the best resume. When I was when the draw got put out on Sunday, I was messaging Kyle like it's kind of hard to find the best best win in this uh, resume. But um, you know, you know, it's a, I think it's a they get it's a decent team, decent matchup for Michigan State. Yeah, they they have a balanced team. Uh, Johnny Juzang is their leading scorer at 14 points per game. Chris Smith was one of their key players. Uh, he only played eight games this year, so he's out for the season. That was that was a huge blow to UCLA uh, for mm-hmm. the, for their hopes of their season. You know, uh, Tiger Campbell is is their point guard. He plays over 34 minutes a game. Uh, me and Kyle were talking before the show that if you took Tiger Campbell off UCLA and put them on Michigan State, uh, Michigan State's looking like a much better team. A 
far superior team. He's which we the, talk about because they recruited Tiger Campbell pretty hard. He went right. to Wahoo, which is ironically right by Purdue. Um, like it's very easy to see him as you know the, the Cassius Winston successor. Right, 10, 10.5 points per game, but he averages almost six assists per game. Uh, distributor type player, gets guys in the right spot. So, I mean, UCLA is, is a team that, I, to me, they're a bit of a mystery because you don't know which way they're going to go. And as far as Michigan State matching up with them, uh, how, do you, how do you see that Michigan State matching up with them? Because one weakness that I see on UCLA, at least just looking at the numbers and having seen them play once or twice this year, um, is, is they struggle to rebound. They're mm-hmm. uh, tied for 211th in the country in rebounding. Michigan State obviously has a lot of bigs that they can throw at them. I and traditionally, Michigan State's one of the best rebounding teams in the country. You would think maybe Michigan State could get an advantage on the boards, but uh, they're going to have to score to win. And obviously, we've seen Michigan State struggle with that all year. So how do you size this matchup up? Uh, so this is what UCLA is going to look like size-wise. You know, Tiger Campbell, 5'11". And then they're going to go six 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 nine, so they're very small compared to a Big Ten team. But if there's one Big Ten team size wise like that 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 reminds you of, what would it be? Ohio State. <laughs> I, I think it's, I think it's Maryland. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, Maryland too. Yep. yep. And Maryland's the team that I think. I mean, they gave Michigan State more trouble than anything. And, and towards the end of the year, we were even asking like. You guys better off. It seems like Michigan State is sometimes better off with like a really good big man defending them, them mm-hmm. um, as opposed to these teams that are kind of athletic all across the board. Um, and that's, that's, you know, Maryland's one team um, and they beat them because Maryland gets the free throw line really well, which UCLA doesn't do as well. Maryland defends really well, which I don't yeah. think UCLA does as well. So I'm not saying it's a perfect thing. I just, I guess I just, I'm wondering if Michigan State doesn't defend these kind of smaller more athletic teams um, as well. I guess I look at it like, I think, I mean, I said when, you know, Maryland, they beat Michigan State again, obviously in the tournament and they just seemed like a tough matchup for Michigan State. And that's Mm kind of what you're getting back to because they don't have a true big, they can spread you out. I think the reason that Michigan State has a bigger issue with Maryland is just their defensive prowess. I mean, I think they're top 30 in in defensive efficiency, Maryland is. And I don't believe UCLA is anywhere near that good defensively. I mean, that's more how I see Michigan State having issues with the Terps is because they can just lock down a team that has trouble scoring at times. It goes through these long stretches of not being able to score. Most people are on the Spartans in this game, which is – sort of surprising because the line is is close but almost every pick I see has people taking Michigan State and maybe that's just because of their history in the tournament Mm -hmm. uh, having success in March Um, but I think I think they match up decent with them honestly and it it, I would like to see Michigan State get out and run more they haven't been able to really do that this year without turning the ball over Um, and that comes with not having a point guard that you can really rely on all the time Um, a quick start will be key obviously we've seen when Michigan State uh, loses these games if it gets off to a rough start they have a lot of trouble digging out of a hole um, but it's going to be interesting to see do you put any weight into the fact that they're playing at Mackey Arena which has been a house of horrors for them no I think I think when you don't have Purdue there um, I, I, I don't think that I don't think um, I wouldn't put too much stock into that um, although there is a statue of John Wooden right outside Mackey yep. Arena of and, Purdue and we're Purdue playing at a Pac-12 tip time <laughs> right. Um, um, so there is some, some maybe bad mojo there for Michigan State. But um, no, I mean, I, um, I, I agree. I mean, I think Michigan State um, should be able to handle um, 
should be able to handle these guys. And um, I, I guess my worry, maybe I shouldn't worry about this because Michigan State, and I think usually they're mentally in it, but you put so much into getting to the tournament. Like that was the whole last two months of the season is get to the tournament, get to the tournament, get to the tournament. Um, how do you fare once you actually do it? You know, that's felt like the whole thing um, this year. And um, Izzard's had so many different um, runs as upsets. You know, he's gotten to the, the final fours of seven. He's gotten to the final fours of five. But the, the two times before he's been tens, he's lost both of them. Um, and I don't think that's some, I mean, it's only two times, but I, I do think there's something to be said for. I think you have to find a way to get up again after kind of accomplishing this monumental task. And I don't think that's easy. So that's, that's kind of their challenge for me this week um, is, is trying to find the motivation to, um, to tackle the next mountain after it feels like they accomplished the main thing they need to accomplish this year. Didn't they lose to UCLA one of those times when they were 10? Wasn't yeah, it a 10-7? Yeah. And that was probably – that was their closest near miss that they've had. That was 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then NC and then State back, was the other one? Way back – yeah, NC State way back in 2002. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, not that it matters, but, like, you know, they've been in the 8-9 game. They've never been in the 1. So, he had runs, you know, and upsets, but it's always been as a 7 or higher. So if, if they do it this time, that would be new territory for Izzo. Playing in a playing game and making any sort of run as an 11, that would all be new. Where do you have them going to in your bracket? Uh, I, 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 took I, them, I, I took them to beat, be, win this game, beat BYU, lose to Texas. That's I, I have them I, – I don't see them beating Texas. I have them out before. I, I could see them beating BYU. That would not surprise me. I would be surprised if they beat Texas because – Short bench, they're going to be at the long end of a long weekend. Um, and I think Texas is pretty good. Um, oh, yeah. So. Very good. They're a dark horse. Uh, well, maybe not dark horse because they're a three seed, but uh, could make the Final Four team. I mean, they've got good bigs. they got at least four guards that can shoot it and create their own offense. So that would be a tough, tough matchup for Michigan State, I think. Um, but but I don't see any reason why they couldn't go on at least a two-game uh, two win mm-hmm. streak here uh, to start the weekend. Maybe some of that March madness, madness magic from Izzo. And honestly, for me, that would be good enough, considering where we were at you know, a month ago, to, to see them make the tournament and win a couple games with this group, regroup for next year, maybe bring in some transfers, bring in your top recruiting class. Uh, I think that would be pretty much all you could ask for in a, in a crazy tough season like this. So that's the game. It starts at, I think, 9.57 is the scheduled tip time. It's on TBS from Mackey Arena. It's the fourth game of four in the first four. By the way, you guys are B reporters. Uh, how predictable was it that uh, Michigan State-UCLA was going to be the fourth game of the day? Like, was there more of a lock in the entire uh, March Madness schedule than that? Uh, I started – my original plan was to um, to drive from West Lafayette to Indy to stay that night. But as soon as I saw that Michigan State was in it and UCLA, I started booking a hotel in West Lafayette because, <laughs> yes, between it being the marquee matchup between – I don't I don't think UCLA has that many fans, but trying to get some West Coast TV audience, um, uh, yeah, that seemed like a no-brainer to me. So let's talk about the, the, the larger bracket. I mean, this is a Michigan State podcast, but <clears> – <throat> We, we broke it down. Oh, sorry. Before we do that, we did get one question. Let me, let me ask this question. Uh, do you think now that it really is one and done time and given Michigan State's offensive limitations that Coach Izzo will ride w- with Watson Brown more in spite of occasional lapses? Uh, yeah, we saw Brown basically get benched against Maryland. He basically mm-hmm. didn't even play. So um, do you expect a shorter rotation in this game? 
I do, um, because that's been his history. I, I think the Gabe Brown, there was, a, there was a play early in that Maryland game, early in the second half, where he wasn't going for the offensive boards, and Maryland had some play where they had like two or three offensive boards in one possession and a put back. And it, and it was kind of like that Rocket Watts play at Michigan, like one bad effort play and like he was done. But I don't expect that to be to carry over at all. You know, we saw all was forgiven with Rocket the next game. I think that'll be true with Gabe. So I, I, I think uh, – you can go small with UCLA. So I think they'll probably ride with those guys, but yeah, I mean, he mentioned the offensive questions. I mean, to, to me, this team's consistency is the main thing where I c- cannot, um, I cannot predict them to go on a run because um, they've been very good. Do not take anything away from their wins against Michigan and Ohio state and Illinois. They've proven they can be very good, but the flip side of that is they've proven they can be pretty bad too. Um, yeah. And um, every, every game or two or three, come out with with a performance that they're not going to beat any teams in this tournament playing like you know whether it's um either the maryland games like like even indiana they won that game but they're not going to be ugly playing like that so like they would have to do something that i haven't seen yet which is put together three or four good games in a row and i haven't seen that yet yeah when they look bad they look bad Mm -hmm. like they look really really bad and i'm sitting here watching this big 10 championship seeing ohio state and illinois trade basically right hooks left and right just making plays on each other and i'm like how did michigan state beat both of these teams in the same week (laughs) like it's just mind-boggling what this team is it's so bipolar i mean it's up and down it's crazy it's you never know what you're gonna get going into a game. Hopefully they have their A game on, on tomorrow night and they're ready to go. Um, I would hope so. But like I said, let's talk about the bracket at large. Uh, everyone's making picks right now. The last few days, you guys put out your picks on MLive.com, um, but I, I would like you to reiterate them here. Uh, we'll get to your final four picks in a minute, but, but Matt, I'll start with you. Uh, do, do you have an upset that maybe you like or you're feeling good about? I had two notable ones in the first round. I had give me Ohio. one. Of them. Give me one. Of them. Okay. Yeah, I might I'll, need your other one. Yeah. Okay. If you if you guys are gonna go with Ohio or Villanova, I'll I'll go with the other one. Uh, uh, I got Winthrop over Villanova as a twelve over a five. That's obviously a seed line where um, upsets are common, and Villanova's without arguably their best player, I believe. So, so I there, yeah. there you go. That's a very common one. Uh, Winthrop, super balanced team. Only lost one game all year out of the Big South. Uh, they play – one thing I, I like is that they played really, really – they play a very fast tempo. According to Kempom, uh, 11th in adjusted tempo. Uh, you would think, you know, uh, against the Villanova team that's missing their point guard, that could potentially be an issue. They're a very good team. A lot of people on that one. What about you, Kyle? Uh, I'm, on, I'm on that one, actually. Uh, I'll give you the other one, though, that I think is pretty common, which is Ohio over Virginia, 13-4. Um, I mean, that's obviously partially because of Virginia's um, situation. If you don't know it, they're, they're in quarantine right now. They're not scheduled to travel there until Friday. Um, they're, they're basically going to get no practice ahead of an NCAA tournament game. Um, but it's also like Ohio's been good too. Um, and they're coming in hot. They just ripped through the Mac tournament, um, one, two of their three games by double digits. They've won nine of 10. Um, and I just, I think they look good. The Mac maybe hasn't been great in the NCAA tournament, but I, I think Ohio's look pretty good. And I think they're catching Virginia in a bad spot. Yeah, Jason. Didn't, they go on a, didn't they go on a run? Was it, they beat Michigan in the first round a few years yeah, the back. Old John they, Gross, the old John Gross. Yeah, team. didn't they win a couple after that, or am I not remembering that right? They might have got to the Sweet 16, okay. I want to say. They might I thought have they beat, won more than one. 
I think they might have beat a team after Michigan, but I'm not sure. But Jason Preston is the guy you want to look out for on this team. Averages almost 17 points per game. He averaged almost 23 points per game in their conference tournament run. And remember, uh, Ohio nearly knocked off Illinois way back in November at the beginning of the season. Um, so they're, they're definitely a threat, especially considering Virginia uh, is going to be one of the last teams to arrive in Indianapolis. They've been sitting around. They can't practice. They might not have a full team. So, yeah, that, I would say that's probably the most common upset pick of the first round. Uh, I have one that I don't necessarily think is going to happen, uh, but, but I think it, it could be a closer game than maybe people expect, and that is – Oral Roberts against Ohio State, which is a 15 versus two matchup. I don't have the stones to pick the Golden Eagles, but they do have the nation's leading scorer. His name's Max. It's spelled like Abemus, but it's pronounced like something else. I, I don't know why, but he averages almost 20. He averages just over 24 points per game, shoots 43% from three. Um, and then he's, they also have a big man, uh, 6'8", Kevin O'Banner, who averages almost 18 and 10, uh, who is a post presence. Uh, so maybe he could match up with Liddell. Um, I just think that Oral Roberts is a sneaky team that can put the ball in the basket. We've seen Ohio State be streaky this year. We've seen Ohio State have trouble scoring at times. I don't have, like I said, I don't have the chutzpah, the stones, uh, you know, use whatever adjective you want to actually take Oral Roberts over Ohio State. But we have seen 15s over twos uh, happen. Uh, don't, oh, don't can, even bring can, it up. Can, don't can even bring it off top of your head. Don't even go there, Kyle. <laughs> don't even go there. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm just saying – Keep an eye on Oral Roberts. That's all I'm saying. Just keep an eye. <laughs> um, so give me an intriguing game, Matt, one that kind of catches your eye when you saw it pop up. Uh, Arkansas Colgate, I thought, was one. Um, when you look at it, it's kind of funny because, you know, Arkansas is what, the, the three seed, right? And Colgate's 14. Colgate is, you know, we talked about net earlier, but Colgate's <laughs> nine in net, which is crazy. You know, it's one of those – one of those teams where you look at the net rankings and, and things get a little interesting, but um, no, I mean, they've only played 15 games, but they're 14 and one. And no, I just think, you know, it's a high scoring matchup. Both teams are averaging more than 80 a game. Uh, I think Colgate's at 86.4. So um, I don't know. Maybe it'll be fun. Be a shootout, uh, obviously different strength of schedule, um, but um, and, and different resume, but uh, maybe be a, at least if, if it'll, it should be an intriguing, maybe a high, you know, fun one to start with. I think half of Colgate's games are against Boston university. Like I'm not even kidding. They play them like six times. Well, here's what, what they open the season against army. They've played four of their games are against army Four of their 15. They, they lost, they beat army by 44 to open the season. The next day they lost to him by two. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, that's, that's... I, I, I can't give you the breakdown of that because I'm not sure what happened there, but um, that's a little odd to say the least. I did watch them in the Patriot tournament. They get up and down the toothpaste team. Everyone likes to call them. Uh, I happen to really like Arkansas. They've got a very balanced team. Moses Moody is one of my favorite players in the country. They have a seven footer. They can guard you. They don't have a bad loss all year. A lot of people trying to be on Colgate. I'm on Arkansas for sure in this one, but Kyle, you, give me an intriguing matchup. Uh, I'm with you on Arkansas, uh, yeah. which we'll get which we'll get to later because they might make an appearance later in our oh boy. talk. But um, you know, I I like that. I'm definitely going to watch that Carolina Wisconsin eight nine game because uh, that that's um, I, I'm not sure either of those teams should be seated there, especially Wisconsin. I think they got jobbed a little bit, um, but those are two pretty good teams, um, and I think they'll play a good game. And I just think it'll be pretty high level basketball for a game that. Um, 
Uh, I know Wisconsin's stumbling, but I still feel like they're better. They should be better than they are. Um, and, you know, I don't know if, if whoever wins that can give Baylor a run, but I, I think Baylor's looked a little bit shakier lately. And um, Since the know. COVID pause, they definitely look shakier. The COVID pause, they've looked a little shakier. <clears throat> so, you, you know, you get two high-level teams playing there, somebody wins, I, I wouldn't rule it out the next game. Baylor cannot be thrilled to be one of the top seeds in this tournament. And they look over and they see two programs like Wisconsin and North Carolina waiting for them. They're like, where's our St. Bonaventure? Where's our uh, Wichita State? Like, what is this? Like, why do I have Carolina and Wisconsin? So they can't be thrilled about that draw. And I think that region in general is pretty tough. Um, as far as intriguing games go for me, um, like I really like that, that Oral Roberts Ohio State game. The other one I really like is UConn, Maryland. You get oh, yeah. that uh, East Coast vibe. Uh, you know, you've got the defense against of Maryland, Daryl Marcel, Big Ten Player of the Year. Uh, as I said, uh, Maryland ranks 26 in defensive efficiency. And you have that going up against who a guy who may be the best peer scorer in college basketball, James Booknight, averaging 20 points a game. Uh, I just want to see – I just want to see him going up against Maryland. I want to see if if the Terps can lock him down. and Because if they do, I think it's going to be an easy, easy Maryland win. But uh, if UConn can get up and down, if they can get the game going faster than Maryland wants to, I think that that has the potential to be a really, really good game. And I just like that – for some reason, I just like that UConn-Maryland matchup. It just feels like classic – uh, East Coast battle to me. So I'm excited for that one. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, let's get to your final four picks, guys. I know you published them today, but I did not look. So Matt, who's making your final four? Uh, I got Gonzaga, Alabama, Baylor, and Illinois. And I got uh, Baylor winning, or I'm sorry, I got Illinois winning it all. Uh, I don't think I, you know, like I said, I filled this out like six times or so. Um, I, don't, I don't think I changed the final four. I maybe have flipped Texas for Alabama in one of them. Just because as good as Michigan was this season, I, just, I think with Livers being out, that's a difference maker. And then um, Illinois, I just I, I think they're – I've just been really impressed with them down the stretch. Uh, Gonzaga and Baylor, I don't know. I, don't, I watch mostly Big Ten basketball, so they have good resumes. I <laughs> Illinois over Gonzaga, I'm guessing, in the final? Uh, yes. Okay. What about you, Kyle? Uh, same final. Uh, actually, three of the same ones. Yeah, I like Alabama too. I love. I, I think they're ahead of the curve in the analytics stuff. You know, I'm not sure it helps them in this tournament, but just big picture. Uh, Nate Oates is uh, using his head down there. I like it. Do you know um, he coached at Romulus High School? I, I heard that. that I heard that. Game. I heard that somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but my fourth, as I alluded to earlier, is Arkansas. Um, and, and for interesting the said they're not a bad loss i, I think the sec is maybe i mean we talked all about the big 10 but i think the sec is a pretty good little league too um and <laughs> no one has ever called the sec a good <laughs> little league that's the first time anyone's ever said that <laughs> um no but they i mean they get up and down they score um i, I think eric marshallman's a good coach uh, i think he knows how to coach in the tournament uh close really strong beat alabama down the stretch um and, um, and yeah, I, I think that, you know, we talked about Baylor maybe being um, a little shaky over there. So I, I think they're, they're going to have the opportunity to. So they're kind of my only non-chalky team um, in the final four. So I've got Gonzaga and Illinois um, playing there in the final. And I, and I got Gonzaga winning it just because, I don't know, I'm trying to keep it simple here. I think that they look pretty clearly like the best team start to finish. I don't care that they didn't play in a major conference. I think they're, I think they're still that good. And, I think they got an easy path. I think I, I think I stole this from your 
one of your tweets actually. They play the two, three, and four seeds in their region mm-hmm. and beat them all by double digits already. So what are we doing um, there? What what are we doing there? Like what what is what is the committee? I mean, I know they're just lining up with the seeds where they are, but that's just annoying. And we also have the the Midwest region that has like eight orange teams in it. Like what are we doing here? No one wants to see this much orange. But uh, my final four, Gonzaga. Yeah, I don't think they're getting challenged until. Uh, the Elite Eight. I have them playing USC there, actually. Um, and yeah, I, got, I got Oregon there. Yeah, yeah. I got Oregon beating Iowa, so I had the USC-Oregon Sweet 16 matchup. But uh, you got to take Gonzaga. They've been the most dominant team all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the East region, I like Bama, too. Top 10 in offensive and defensive efficiency. They can play a lot of different games, a lot of different scorers. They can shoot the ball. Musselman is a great coach. Um, and uh, you yeah. about Oates, yeah. Oh, sorry, Oates. My bad. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, Michigan, the loss of livers. We saw them struggle without him last year. I think they're a better team now, but, I mean, we saw them losing the tournament without him. I just don't think I can take Michigan all the way. I've got Illinois coming out of the Midwest, uh, like you guys said, just probably playing better than anyone in the country right now. Uh, cannot take them. And then uh, I wanted to go uh, in the South. I wanted to go with Arkansas. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the leap of faith. I'm going to be reckless here, guys. I'm going to take the Purdue Boilermakers. I thought I've got in my lead, and I almost did it too. I, I just think that Travion Williams is a huge difference maker down low. They can shoot the ball. They can play decent defense. We always talk about Purdue being perennial underachievers in, in March. Maybe this weird COVID season is the year that they can finally make that run and break through to the Final Four. I wouldn't love it from a Michigan State fan perspective because then, you know, the ammo that we've had to throw at Purdue fans for the longest time, like get past the Sweet 16 or the Elite 8, make a Final Four and I'll take you seriously, we'll lose that. But I think Purdue's a sneaky team to come out of this regional. Almost everyone's on Baylor. I really like Arkansas a lot. I have Purdue over Arkansas in the Elite Eight, and it sounds like, Kyle, you're on the same uh, wavelength as me. But listen, I'm in a couple huge polls with hundreds of people or pools, you're not winning pick and chalk. So uh, you got to take a shot somewhere. And I I think Baylor outside of Michigan is the most vulnerable one seed. I have Illinois beating Gonzaga in the championship. Uh, I took Michigan in the Big Ten tournament. I'm not making that mistake again. Illinois looks like the best team in the country to me right now. Curbelo is the X factor to go along with the two superstars they have. They have veteran shooting guards. I think Illinois is the best team in the country right now. I got them to win, but I'm taking the leap of faith with Purdue. Any thoughts on that? (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I like it too. Okay. They, they, to me, like, like they're a team that's grown up a lot throughout the course of the year. Like they're so young, um, but um, their freshmen are, are, you know, they've got experience now and, and they've got a good supporting cast now um, around Travion. It's not all him, but yeah, he's the star you need. And um, I, I think they've got enough experience now, whether it's um, Jaden Ivey um, uh, or Brandon Newman or some of these guys, I think, I think they're good enough now to contribute Um and, you know, if Stefanovic can get going, too, then you got the three-point shooting. So, I think they've got it all. And Matt Painter's an excellent coach. He's, right. he's a fantastic – I mean, think about what they lost. Noel Eastern and Matt Harms at the beginning of the year. No one given much cred to Purdue. You know, they're picked mid to low in the Big Ten, and they've become a four, top four seed. You know, everyone's – you got Ohio State going. A lot of – some people have Michigan – mostly Michigan fans still. You got people, everyone's on Illinois. No one's talking about Purdue, the fourth seed in the best conference in America. Well, well so. let me ask you this. Like, how, how do you think this plays out for the Big Ten too? Because we talked so much about how great they are, but I feel like that doesn't usually translate, you know, to playing well in the tournament. Like if these teams all beat each other up, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I like that you've got, you know, a Big Ten team going through besides Illinois. Um, mm-hmm. My other kind of Big Ten pick here is I've got Rutgers in the Elite Eight because I, I think they, I don't know, they haven't been in a while, but they can turn any game into a rock fight, I feel like, and make mm-hmm. it closer. Um, and I don't really love anybody down there in that part of the bracket. Um, like, I, like, I don't see Houston as a Final Four team. No. Um, you know, West Virginia, I think, is beatable. So, um, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to think about the Big Ten this year. I feel like every year I think, okay, they're going to break through. They're going to get national champion. They're going to get more teams in the Final Four, and they just kind of don't. Well, maybe this will be the year. Illinois seems to be the team best positioned to do that, but Ohio State, Iowa, Purdue, Michigan, all very, very solid teams as well. Um, So it'll be interesting to watch. Maybe this is the year, obviously, Big Ten hasn't won since uh, 2000 when Tom Izzo, Mateen Cleaves, Mo P, and the rest of the Flintstones cut down the net. So it's going to be fascinating to watch. It all gets underway tomorrow. Uh, I'm excited for it. I know you guys are excited. Um, Kyle, do you, are you, uh, I know you mentioned, you know, when you were in Indy, you didn't get your, uh, what was it? The slippery noodle or whatever. Are you, are you planning on slipping over there or <laughs> is that what it's called? I'm not, the sure, slippery I'm, not, noodle? I'm not sure I'll make the noodle, but Matt, uh, Matt turned me into a good authentic taco place in, um, in Indy. It's called, it's Gills, right? Yep. It's a bit of a high airport. It's, it's not downtown. It's kind of out by the airport, but I made a trek out there last time. And it was definitely worth it. So I'll probably, if, if I go to Indy, uh, I'll be making it out there again. If there's a good place to eat in uh, West Lafayette, I haven't found it yet, but maybe <laughs> have those Purdue students uh, point you in the right direction there, Kyle, just put, take to Twitter and ask for recommendations. I'm sure you'll get, I know a good place to drink, but I'm not sitting in bars drinking these days. So. Ooh, speaking of drinking, it's St. Patrick's day. I got to get out of here. Uh, but anyways, Everyone, hope you have a good St. Patrick's Day. Hope you have a fantastic tournament. We didn't get this last year, so enjoy it. I mean, college basketball fans everywhere are rejoicing. Hopefully, Michigan State can can win one or two games in the tournament and give us some more to talk about. Hopefully, next week, we're sitting here talking about Michigan State in the Sweet 16. That'd be something after the season that we've dealt with. But the Spartans and Bruins blue blood matchup in the first four Thursday night from Mackey Arena. Kyle will be there covering it. Matt and I will be watching, and we know the rest of you will be as well. So enjoy it, and until next time, go Green.